But for now, it's just a big dream. Because I find myself in a place where I'm last seen. My thoughts must be relaxed, be able to maintain. Because times are changed and life is strange. The glorious days are gone and everybody's doing bad. Mad lives are up for grabs. And brothers are passing away, I gotta make wakes. Receiving all types of calls from upstate. I can't cope with the pressure, settling for lesser. The god left lessons on my dresser. So I can bloom and blossom and find a new way. Now y'all probably don't automatically know the central lyrics to the Wu-Tang Clan's Can It All Be So Simple? <laughs> but, given, given the nature of the world on the day that we're recording this, I felt like a little slow jam from Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers was what we needed. Hello everybody, welcome to the Continue Podcast. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and with me are my illustrious co-hosts, and you're going to have to forgive us if we sound a little bit, uh, withdrawn? Not, not at our fever pitch. Yeah, not our, not our normal- Fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, not, fucking sad. Not our normally sparkly selves. Yeah, are not, we're not, we do, we are not Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon. We don't necessarily have the glow. Yeah. I am shown off the Shogun of Harlem, though. Uh, not really. I wish my hair looked like that. It doesn't. Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts, how you doing? Uh, you know, could be better, but could be better. I'm, I'm hanging in there, uh, <laughs> doing some doing some stuff, getting ready for for the old the old genie convention. Yeah, man. Magic times. Yeah. Nice. So, that's gonna be an interesting trip because I don't think anyone's really done what we've done before. No, nobody has. So, we're doing it live. Yeah, fuck it, you're doing it live. But I'm I'm stoked, man. Like, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fun time. Susan Arndt, how's your brain? Uh, you know I want to take this opportunity uh to remind our listeners, our wonderful listeners, um, how important it is to let the folks who matter to you know that they matter to you. Yes. And uh, and take this opportunity to say to Anthony and Dave, I love you guys. I truly do. Yes, I love you both. Love you too, Susan. I really, yeah. yeah. Like this is, yeah. I this I <laughs> this is like therapy for my soul right now. So it is. This is good. Yeah. The, the funny but, thing, uh, Susan, is I I'm not. I, I'm I'm just I'm not. Uh, this is strange considering what I do for a living these days. But I I'm not the guy who's who's going to Twitter and Facebook to. Uh, exercise some demons today. I'm yeah. not doing it. But Dave knows this uh, because if any if anybody is listening to this uh, in the future, we're recording this on on the day of the Las Vegas shooting, and uh, it's it's a bad day. Just to contextualize that for yeah. everybody, it's, it's a bad day in a bad season. Uh, and the the piece de resistance is. Uh, I I don't need to tell Dave Roberts what Tom Petty means to me because Dave Roberts has had to listen to me torture him <laughs> with Tom Petty for almost the entirety of our friendship. <laughs> it's uh, uh, a, a not a, whenever I would just be sitting around listening 
to Wildflowers or this past July when I was at a outdoor concert. I just kept texting Dave <laughs> being like... Hey, he just sent me a video of free fall. That's right. And I just feel like, why are you doing this that's, to me? That, cause, you know yeah. that this like, hits the lizard part of my brain that just... Like, I black out. Pure rage. Just, it's, it's like... <laughs> wait, wait, pure... wait, wait. It's like wait, I'm a sleeper wait, cell. Yeah. I awaken and... Are you telling me you don't like Tom Petty? He hates I'm not him. A huge fan. He hate he, he wait. Hate, hate is a strong word. Susan, whenever I hate Peter Frampton. Whenever I, <laughs> this this is this is a real story, everybody. But during the big press conferences of E3 2016, Dave Roberts and I were not at the conferences. We were in a hotel room banging out news. And as we were banging out news, we would sit there and this past year notwithstanding, Ubisoft's E3 press conferences and EA's press conferences are notoriously terrible That's year true. in and year out. That's true. And in the middle of like whatever inane DLC announcement for <laughs> Steep or or Ghost Recon Butlands would come up and Dave would be like, it can't get worse than this. I would just be like, oh, really? And then I would just put on It's Good to be King. But... <laughs> Terrible. Just on command, laying out, laying out a few cuts from Full Moon Fever, from the soundtrack yeah, to She's like, the One. It was like nine o'clock at night. We're both doing like write-ups or something. I'm sitting in in our weird like modern our cubist unlivable <laughs> hotel room. <laughs> yeah, German hell. Our cubist uh, hellscape. And uh, I'm just typing away, and then Anthony just like looks at me. Hey, dude. And then I just hear music out of his phone. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Dulcet tones. <laughs> and I want to make I want to make it clear this isn't this isn't YouTube clips, y'all. This is my own personal downloaded iTunes library. <laughs> okay, I just I, I love Tom Petty. I'm a I'm a I'm not gonna say I'm my, a huge fan, but I my my I, my first musical love. I like, enjoy a, a, yeah. a quite a quite a chunk of his work. Yeah. I, I, also, the I, I video would... for "Don't Come Around Here No More" is, oh. is is my everything. Oh, it's so good! It's so I will, awesome. I will admit that uh, most of my exposure to Tom Petty has been free fallen just through the radio. <laughs> oh God, that was <laughs> and so, and was and your weekly so rewatches of Jerry Maguire. Just yeah. just getting that Jerry Maguire watching it. Yeah, it's you know like it's I every three months I just pop it in. It's part of my ritual. Like I just watch Jerry Maguire. It's a good movie. No, it's not. Yeah. Show, no, show me the money. It's bad. It's a bad. Movie. It's true. It's it's true that the only way I can feel anything as a human being is hearing Cuba Gooding Jr. force Tom Cruise to say you shoplifted the pootie. That's the only way I can feel. Ooh, wow. Okay. No, it's not true. That's not. Um. Yeah, man. God. Tom Petty, and the, the world is a dim place today. Um, the world sucks yeah. today, but but we are there. There we, we are doing gathered. what we can. We are together, and uh, we are going to talk about stuff that makes us happy. Yeah, and uh, you know, before there, there's a game that Dave and I were both simultaneously playing, and the three of us were excited about. But I feel like the name Ruiner is not the place to start. Yeah. Today. No. So let's let's go with a, a little game called Hob that you've been yeah. playing, Dave. Okay, so I Hob am is dead out? curious about. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it came out on the day of games. There was like like the was it the twenty sixth? The what are the last Tuesday of September this year was the yeah, the twenty sixth. And it was just like it was every game. It was like De- De- Dragon Roomba came out, this game came out, uh I think like yeah, I think Ruiner came out that day too. It was just oh god it yeah, too many games. Uh Hob is a it is it's a lovely game that needs a little more time oh dear okay so so i i i i know i remember finding the art style to be absolutely enchanting Mm, but i never really had a handle on what kind of game it is yeah it's 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 a weird one because like the studio is runic they're the team that made the torchlight series Right. Uh, they're like made up of ex Diablo like Blizzard developers, I believe, that worked on Diablo, and they're like, we're gonna make our own. Um, and then they, for the third project, they're like, we don't want to be pigeonholed as the Torchlight team. Fair so enough. They made yeah, they made Hob, and Hob is like, how to explain it? It's like Shadow the Colossus or Eco. With the top-down control, like top-down view, with controls that don't suck, with like an interconnected world that's kind of like Metroid, but not. It's like it's it's so you basically show up in this land. It's entirely wordless. There's no dialogue in the game other than like the game like telling you what powers do uh, or like like ability descriptions. I think is it. And yeah, like you get a title screen. You hit start, and this uh, golem shows up and opens up this door, and you just step out, and you're into it, and you're playing, and you're just kind of exploring and running around like, oh look, look at these trees, and oh there's some there's some nasty stuff over here. That's weird. I'm just gonna. You have no abilities at this point. You have no weapons. You're just kind of walking around. And you're getting funneled through this this the the location, and then you walk up, and this this weird like gooey creature reaches out and latches onto your arm. And you rip the thing off, so you're like, okay, I'm fine. But then the the goo starts, like, taking over your arm. So it's venom. And you're like, (laughs) oh, no. And then the golem comes by and cuts your arm off, and it cuts to black. Oh. (laughs) And you wake up, and now you have the golem's arm where your arm used to be. And you have to run around this world, uh, cleanse the land of the goo, solve puzzles it's very like prince of persia Hmm. sands of time-esque like lots of clockwork stuff lots of like moving uh blocks and 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 goo and levers and goo (laughs) uh but it like all of it has this really great mechanical look to it so as you get to a world or to a section of this this uh big interconnected place You'll solve. You'll go down in the depths. You'll solve a puzzle, like basically, like flipping some switches, uh, hopping over chasms, fighting some enemies, that sort of thing. And then you activate the area or whatever. And then what ends up happening is, is uh, you activate the thing, and then from the ground, this entire platform like raises up and then drops down. And now you have a whole new world to explore. It's like uh, all these like mechanical platforms and move, moving uh like gears and stuff it's really neat like you'll you'll solve a puzzle and it'll shift how the world looks and how you interact with it so now you can go to a different area and solve more puzzles and you'll you'll get an ability that will then send you back to a place that you were before but couldn't figure out how to get through it um so it has that like nice metroid thing where you're like oh now i have this ability i should go and see what i can unlock over here 
my only problem with it, because like I was entranced the entire time I was playing, but it's real framey on PS4, like real framey, uh, and I'm not like I don't know what happened, but at least one of my trophies bugged out to the point where it just it didn't pop when mm. I got it. And when I beat the game, I didn't get either trophy for the choice that I made. Because I made both choices just to see what happened, and I didn't get either one hmm. uh, for finishing the game. And it also, the first time I beat it, it crashed right when I when the credits ended. Oof. Oh, man. So, that is... So it's a runic uh, game. Hey-oh. Yeah, like, yeah, I was just going to say, if, if people probably don't remember... But Torchlight, the original Torchlight, which was a, a beloved sort of Diablo clone in the years between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 came out, and people were like, yeah, it's amazing, but you know, you gotta deal with some hiccups. Some jank. And some, some, some nice jank. Yeah, I, freaking Torchlight 2 was the exact same way. Uh, you know, and, and to this day, if you play Torchlight 2 on PC, it's not a seamless experience yeah and like a lot of people are like uh and that was just my experience on ps4 uh, i was talking to a, a friend of mine uh and he was saying that like he was playing on pc and just like multiple crashes real framey like it got the game just got worse mm -hmm. uh performance wise the further he got into it and it's just it's such a shame because like it deserves it deserves to be played it does it, it is a nice just it is just a nice thing to play uh the the puzzles are clever uh it's it's clever without being too frustrating you always feel like you're making progress even when you're going back to old areas uh and it's just like a really cool world to explore and to just mess around in and it just it sucks like they they've they were on version 1.12 within about four or five days mm -hmm, nice of release so it's just like they they are just they are cranking out patches for this thing. Good. Like crazy, which is good, but it's also like it seems like you look through the patch notes, it's like, okay, we fixed this thing, and then the next patch note is like, well, we fixed this thing that the last patch broke. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, like maybe maybe wait for that thing to like not be on fire, but uh, definitely check it out. He, it's a it's a cool game. I, I was talking with uh, our our dear friend Ludwig Kitzman. Uh, friend, what do we call Ludwig? Is he friend of the show? Friend of the show. He used to be friend of the show, Ludwig Kitzman. I mean, um, actual real life friend as well, but friend of the show. Yeah, real life friend. <laughs> friend of the show, Corporal Nelson Ludwig Kitzman yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of the Xbox team. Uh, he and I were texting back and forth and he was like, you have to play Hob. You must play Hob. It's essential that you play Hob. And... He, he was the first person to say this to me, and I'm wondering what you think since you finished the game, Dave. He said, I think it will satisfy you in the way that Breath of the Wild didn't. Oh, interesting. And I, the, is that an apt comparison? Because you, well, I, you, I you cite Metroid, but not Zelda. Uh, like, it has... So, it has the kind of the the perspective of Zelda, mm -hmm. and perhaps more of like a fantasy world like Zelda... But you interact with the world much more like a Metroid game, hmm, where see. it's like, um, you know, the, the the way that the world sort of sprawls and feeds into itself and doubles back on itself and the way that you open up shortcuts. Like, it is, it is less about roaming, like, a big 
open area and more like there are some distinct areas that are connected by some funnels and pathways hmm. that you will like it's the kind of thing where like you'll get to an area you'll see a button and you'll do your ground pound with the punch and you'll open up a ladder that creates a shortcut oh okay. so you don't have to go the long way around again hmm. like it's that kind of game susan are you are you a runic f- uh, fan i know you like the diablo you're, i do you're, and you enjoy the diablo I, I played Torchlight. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I liked about it is it had a brilliant mechanic for uh, for for anybody who hasn't played the game. It's kill stuff, get loot. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a Diablo clone. It's a straight up Diablo clone. But you could have a pet dog or cat companion yeah. who would take your stuff back to town and sell it for you. Awesome. And when they weren't in town, they would fight with you. The best. And, that and was, they were really, like, it just matched that really, they, especially the original Torchlight, less than Torchlight 2, yeah. but like a really colorful, bubbly art style yep. that wasn't cloying. Uh, like, yes, it was agreed. just very yeah. rich. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, okay, so imagine the story of Diablo wasn't written by a 14-year-old high school boy. <laughs> As the blood drips from the sackcloth moon yes. and the skeletons rise, it's more like, yo, dog, there be bandits. Let's exactly. go up in that cave. Exactly. It's much more that vibe, which is awesome. Like, yeah. I, oh, God, could we, could we, if we could get a proper Diablo, like Diablo 4, that <laughs> it, it's just a little more, I mean, I understand they want to continue the, 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 the mythos and the story and, and all sure. that. And Deckard Cain, who, you know, yeah. sound, sounds like he's in on Golden Pond. Uh, but could we just maybe update that shit? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I actually, it's really funny, like, doing the Deckard Cain voice, it occurs to me that Diablo is kind of the R-town of video games. What? Things are quiet here in Grover's Corners. <laughs> the angels are always raining fire from heaven upon the ground, and Diablo is opening portals to cow business, and... Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I, this is not... I don't want... This is gonna sound harsh, and I don't intend it to, because I enjoy Runic's games, and I'm, like, really looking forward to playing Hob, like, now that it's done, now that it's out, and... I will probably wait a while for it to be patched. Uh, but man, I, guys, you gotta get come up with better names for your games. I, yeah. Like, you gotta yeah. come up with better names because I, I, Torchlight alone, Torchlight alone sounds like what somebody would call their Firefly fanfiction. <laughs> and, and Hob, like, no, don't, no. It doesn't sound like anything. I will say a good name and a good game is Steam World Dig Two. Oh yeah, so, dog. Uh, yeah, that's a that's another Metroidy. That's a Metroidy game. game. That much more stable. Like it's just it. Like there's not much to say about it other than like it's Steam World Dig One, but better. You play a robot. You dig into the ground. You get minerals. You go up to the top. You sell them. You go further down go to the top you buy upgrades you go and like it's it's got a real good loop and the second one is just more of that but with some cooler abilities and uh like an actual story and i don't know it's good Im- yeah good image I- image and form games uh steam world dig and and steam World, all the steam world games like just play them 
Like you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to, you want to pull on that thread too too hard because they're short games and you don't want to ruin it for people. But I, I have not played Dig Two yet. It's I, good. I am I am uh, I'm holding off just for a little while because there've been a lot of things to play. Uh, but Dave, a a I, I wanted to also get your thoughts because I'm excited that you finally started it. Yeah. Is I want to talk about East 8. Susan, have you ever played any of the East games? I have not. And uh, so you want to talk about a, you want to talk about a name. Oh, yeah. God, I well, know. and first that's all, just First of all, stop it with the E's thing. I know that's the proper way to pronounce it. I am very well aware. You want wise. wise? It's wise. It's wanderer from wise. It's wise. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love, I love the existence of Ease so much. I, I need to, what is, what is the original title? Yeah, okay. It's East Ancient Vanished Omens was what? the original game. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I, it's just like, it's nothing you, says. You want to, yeah. you want to know what this game's called? The, the full subtitle. Oh, it's so good. I, I it's so like, good. It's... It is so like, oh, it's it's East <laughs> 8 colon Lacrimosa of Dana. Of of Dana? Yeah. Dana. Who's Dana? It's uh, the She's only Zool. Okay. Only yeah. Zool. Yeah. You know what? Canonically, it's Dana Plato. Done. <laughs> I do it like, I love, like it literally sounds like somebody's trying to talk with their mouth full. When you when you pronounce <laughs> the names of of all the games in this series, East Oath and Felgana. What? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't I finish chewing. Subway. I, so I, uh, I I asked up front, Susan, if you'd played any of them, because you enjoy a nice action RPG. Indeed, I do. But East, going all the way back to 1987, has a a veneer. Of anime bullshit. Yes. And it's like, at this point, it's every era of anime bullshit. It's 80s anime mm-hmm. bullshit, and like, yep. big-eyed 90s violence anime bullshit, and now, in 2017, it's like, heartthrob, delicate-lined uh, anime bullshit, and it's hard to get past that, that uh, facade, I find, for a lot of people, but those that do take the plunge find a game that they're not expecting. Because the way... I said this to Dave already. East 8 especially is trashy Zelda. It's like... (laughs) Trash. It's like you've gone... Like, like, oh... Is it like Real Housewives Zelda? It's, it's It's like Zelda and I, we had a thing going on, but Zelda was so stuffy and formal, and I loved what it was about, but I wasn't in love with it. Oh my god. And like... I was a little heartbroken, but then, like, I was just, like, was drowning my sorrows at the local pub, and in walked East, and it was like, I'll give you what you want, baby. And we got, it's filthy. It's a filthy, <laughs> filthy but, like, the game RPG. is not actually filthy. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, it's... Anthony has cr- cr- constructed this entire <laughs> metaphor out of nothing. Out of nothing. It, it's just, yeah. It's, it is fast- and furious, it, it's like the, the Rock doesn't show up and flex his way out of a cast, but like it is fast and furious action wait, RPG wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. my god. And fast and the furious. Stop the Rock it. flexes. Stop it. Those movies are is... good. You people his... have to stop trying to convince me these movies are good. The movies are not, no, they're good. not good. No, 
They're not good, but they're great they're because they're not good. They're yeah. not. They're not good it's trash. Amazing. It's so. It's uh, no. I, I. I. Okay. Before before we get too far away from you, say all I'll say <laughs> is Fast and the Furious. With and you and I have talked about this before, Susan. Like once you take out all the butts, and admittedly that like cuts the runtime. Yeah. Cuts the runtime by half an hour. Uh, yeah. Like you get you have a thirty minute shorter film if you take out the asses. But then what you're left with is just ludicrous and Vin Diesel literally playing G.I. Joe with $50 million. It's like, what if we made an episode of G.I. Joe with $50 million? And it's that absurd. Yeah. So East. <laughs> East 8 is just a- an action RPG with literally no bullshit standing in your way. Yeah. Okay, question. Yeah. What platform is this on? Yes. This is PS4 on and Vita. PS4 and Vita and PC as well in the near future, but that got delayed. Yeah. Uh, and the PS4, it's Vita first. This is this was a Vita exclusive. It was like the it was going to be the flagship. That's what Nihon Falcom wanted it to be when they started making it. And uh, then they ported it up to PS4, and it's a very very nice version of that game. I am told. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, they added. I ended up getting the PS4 version just because it's nice and it has extra content. Uh, but yeah, they added stuff to it. It's. It still looks like a Vita game in, like, mm-hmm. 4K, I think, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, but, like, it, it's smooth. It's 60 frames a second. It's, okay, so, you remember Star Ocean, the the PS4 game that came out last year? And, like, I previewed it, and I'm like, hey, this Star Ocean game, like, it's kind of cheap looking. It looks like it was made with $20, but you know what? If it's good... Like, that doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just in the mood for, like, a good workmanlike JRPG to, to just to just munch on over the summer. And mm-hmm. I reviewed it, and that game was dog shit. Yeah. Um, Ease 8 is the game that I wanted Star Ocean to be. Mm. It's, like, it's it's not the best-looking game. It's it's not, like, the story's, like, whatever. Uh, you're, you're basically, you're on a ship, you're... Ad, uh, at all the adventurer, uh, the generic red-haired everyman, seventeen-year-old kid who just animates his way through everything, and you're you get shipwrecked on a mysterious island, and so you have to you you're trying to rescue survivors and build a base on this island and sort of find a way off, but also survive. Mm-hmm. And the way that the game just it it moves from from concept to concept to concept really quickly like way faster than than any rpg i've ever played uh, or jrpg anyway that i've ever played where it's just like okay um within 45 minutes you're shipwrecked on the island and now you're just fighting monsters and like combat's really fast and snappy you have lots of abilities uh everyone's just throwing special abilities left and right you're you're killing stuff and you pick up items and i'm thinking like oh no there's gonna be crafting but it's not really crafting. Yeah, it's not. Um, because you just, you hoover well, that's up too every bad, item that drops. I like crafting. But there, okay, so there is crafting, but it's not. So when, when Dave says, you know, all of this stuff is happening really, really quickly, and, you know, there's special moves happening all over the place, it, it is hard to praise East's presentation enough, because all of this is flashy, but it's you never have that feeling where you know, and and this is just true of any action RPG from Japan from the past twenty years at this point. You never have that feeling of what the hell is going on, hmm. like 
and you, when you say you fight, say you're on the beach and you fight two giant crabs, giant like enemy crabs, like you do, and you're just pummeling these guys, and you have three people in your party at any time, and two of them are controlled by AI, but you can switch between characters by touching one button, and you know there's their their shells are exploding and your special moves are sending light out of your sword but you it's all very clear what's happening you never have a moment where you say i don't understand what i'm supposed to be doing and items are erupting out of the carcasses <laughs> of these things it's yeah, just like you, you just got yeah you got five bones and six pieces of jelly and three pieces of cloth why were they in a no crash shut up don't worry you don't, about it you don't have to worry about like moving stuff around nope. you don't have to worry about no you just pick it all up and take it you pick like it all that. up and then and then you go back to base mm -hmm. and then like you'll you'll find a person who's uh, out in the like your, your goal is to go out into the wilderness push further out and find people and bring them back to base. Mm -hmm. but the thing is, every person on that ship, they do something important. So, like, one person I found, they're like, I'm a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. uh, what you got a setup here, it's kind of crappy, but I think I can do something with this. So now that you have this blacksmith, you can upgrade all your weapons with the stuff you've been finding around. Uh, and, or, and then another person you find who's like, okay, so we need to, to build defenses around our base because we're going to get attacked by monsters. So now there's like a little base building thing, but it's all really easy and cleanly laid out. You know exactly what you need to be doing, what you need to upgrade it, what the things do when you upgrade them and everything just, it, it fits together. So like, it looks it looks like a cheap game, but everything is so considered, like, in the way that something like Persona 5 is. You never, you know? ever have a moment, and even Persona 5, like, you know, a, a game that the three of us have talked about in, in ex, ex great detail, but we're always talking about how Persona 5, you sort of have to pick what you do in it. Like, there, there's every possibility that you'll just never go to the batting cages, or right. you'll never rent a DVD, because there's so much to do, and it's all, ultimately, it all feeds into each other, but all of the activities are very segregated from one another. And in East, there are all these disparate things that you can do. You know, Dave said you, you keep building up your base, and there are actual moments where it's just like, oh, the monsters are at the gate, and you need to pour some of the bones and nonsense that you've collected out in the world into materials like uh, like uh, gates and trebuchets and uh, dummies that the monsters will attack instead of people. And there's all of a sudden a, a sort of tower defense element, but you never feel like, oh, now it's kicked me into the tower defense section. Hmm. Like in Assassin's Creed, right. remember? Like the, <clears throat> what was it, the Revelations? Was like, right. Oh, now I have to do these bullshit tower defense. No, and it's just like, you can just... you. If something comes up, like you have to do one of these segments, uh, you just, you hit your map, you warp right to the crystal, you're good to go. Like, everything is so... Fast. The game does so much to just remove all of the bullshit mm -hmm. that normally gets trapped in, in between the good parts of games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it is, it is, it is full, just, it, no fat. It's yeah. all killer, no filler. Yeah. Everything feel it's, it's great. It's, it's like, it's going to be one of the best action RPGs of the year that I really? don't think anyone's going to play. Uh, I, wow. I, it's, All it's right. Gonna, I, gotta, I gotta investigate this then. The, there's no question that this is in my top 10 of 2017. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is top 10 material. And like... <sighs> 
So, you know, I keep saying the, the, it's the, it's the trashy version of Zelda thing, and some, some folks uh, are like, you're crazy, it's nothing like Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is bullshit. The, the, uh, the loop of your activity is very much the same. You're in this wild, untamed place where there are signs of an ancient civilization, and you're, you're trudging further and further out into it, collecting materials, and largely figuring out what to do with them on your own, and discovering, like, it, there's, there, it's so fun to go out into the island, because it, it definitely has the feeling of a real place. You know, it's, it's not just like, well, now you're in the ice cave of the <laughs> island. When, <laughs> yeah. when you, you, you know, like, when you are... There's a, there are giant dinosaurs though. There are giant just dinosaurs like hanging out. There, well, there are good. jungles. Yeah, you want them to be there. Yeah. It, 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 the feeling of discovery is never impeded by the game slapping you and saying like, "No, you didn't go and you know do enough motion control puzzles. Come back later." When you've spent twenty hours collecting spirit balls, it's <laughs> literally like that jungle's there. You can get into that jungle. You probably can't get into the back of the jungle because you haven't met enough people. Like, you'll run into, like, landslides. And if you have enough people in your village, you can clear it. Oh, that's that's an interesting mechanic. Right? Very cool. Yeah. And the other thing... And one that that actually makes sense in a real-world way. Exactly. Yeah, and, like, one of the characters is kind of a dick, so you're like, oh, I have ten people to clear this thing. I don't want to help you. Actually, you have nine. Yeah. So and and like then you need to in order to get him to like you you have to cook him a meal and here here's it you collect all the items automatically if there's something to pick up you just automatically get it in your inventory and then when it's time to cook you walk up to a fire you press one button if you know the recipe for something you press another button and then you have as many as you want it takes two seconds it's awesome. <laughs> What? Yeah, it's just, it's so You mean fast. you didn't like Zelda's cooking? I, I don't understand what is so difficult about these things. I always think of, like, Dragon Age Inquisition's crafting system, where it's just like, all right, I need to go through four different menus just to figure out what I need to make this one breastplate. Oh, also, I, okay. I, I, Can I just, because I never got the opportunity to bitch about this at the time, <laughs> Why the fuck was every single piece of your sword an option? Would you like this pommel? Oh god. How about awful. this grip? Yeah. How awful. about this grip and this pommel pommel combo? What is it doing? Is it making my attack better? Is it, I mean it can't it can't just be cosmetic. It's not like I can see the fucking thing. Why Ugh. are you doing this to me? Terrible! And Ease to its credit, you find a blacksmith. The blacksmith will like, yo, I'll make your sword better. You go, you can upgrade your sword three times, and then after that, if you have the materials, you can turn it into a new sword, which can also be upgraded three times. You don't have the stuff? It says there's, like, a few ingredients. Go out into the world and find those. Do you don't want to go find those? Do you have other materials? Well, there is a merchant who will exchange goods for other goods. There's no money on an island. You're stranded on an island. You go up to her. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And you say, oh, have you collected these things? I have these things I can give you. It's all in the menu. It takes five seconds. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. This is, it is pretty great. It's pure. It's all so right, I pure. Cl- I clearly need to play this game. Yeah, play, play yeah, it. Check it out. And I will say, D- Dave chose the PS4 version. 
after watching footage of the Vita version uh, uh, on the YouTubes, I don't... No, the Vita version looked fine. I just, I wanted the thing where I could sit with the controller yeah. on my TV I, and play I, it. I, I'm just pulling it out there. It is the best looking Vita game ever made. Like, it is the... I'm so glad that this game is out for that system because it feels like the final word. Like, it is an okay-looking PS4 game. It is the yeah. single best-playing, most gorgeous Vita game ever. Like, it, it makes Gravity uh, Gravity Rush look like a steaming pile of poop. What? <laughs> I take that back. That game is gorgeous. But, like, from a technical perspective, it makes it look like a steaming pile of poop. Not aesthetically. Nothing could make Gravity Rush look like a steaming pile of poop aesthetically. Except for mission design. Except for... Hey, no, we're not going <laughs> down that, that road again. Um, yeah. So, it's great. It is... It is so, so good, and uh, it is a wonderful... I've been playing them both at the same time in tandem with each other over the past week. It is the perfect complement to another RPG experience, which is much more, how do you say, uh, contemplative until you mess up, and then you want to throw your switch across the room in a fit of blind rage. Uh, all three of us have been playing Golf Story, uh, a lovely, lovely creation that right now is a Switch exclusive. And Susan, how would you describe Golf Story to the world? It's Star Golf Valley. <laughs> so I, I still haven't played Stardew Valley. Oh I still haven't God. done well, it. it. It'll be on that Switch. That comes out on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I know. it comes out Thursday. This so is that's, my week. That's, that's just like rock. But okay, so... Uh, for anybody rolling in expecting something like a Hot Shots uh, or even a Mario Golf, it's not that sophisticated. No. Um, it's more story-based. You, Your dad was a golfer, and then something happened, and now you're an adult, and you want to you wanna try your hand at golfing again. And so it's you're helping rebuild your, your local golf course, and you travel to other golf courses, and, and you meet people, and you do quests, and... You'll do things like uh, use your golf skills to destroy <laughs> zombies or to return eggs to birds or, uh, you know, stuff like that. And it, the writing is charming. It has, you know, those kind of Stardew Valley cute graphics. It's got a great sense of humor. But I want to talk about the disc golf, which is bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, <laughs> Yeah, but the guys who introduced you to it... On the first, the best pugs. yeah, they're they're the way golf stories broken down is that the the towns and dungeons are different country clubs, and right. they all are right. like sort of different themes. There's a a sort of caveman uh, tar pits one, and they're like you know, the very first one you go to looks like the club from Caddyshack after the ending when everything explodes. Like it's a Hard it's, on its luck. Yeah, golf. and then Wait, like, the the different the different country clubs have uh, different uh, challenges associated yeah. with them. Like for example, <laughs> there are the tar pits on the on the second one, and that your mm -hmm. ball will get stuck, and it's a little harder to hit out of it. The one with the birds, of uh, wind is more of a factor, and you're hitting onto islands in the sky. So there's a you know instead of going into a water hazard, you can go out of bounds really easily. And it's as you get better and better equipment, and you get more and more practice the courses become more difficult. Yeah. Uh, so in the first, the very first club, when you're sort of wandering around the hub area and learning the ins and outs of the fact that 
people you meet will give you small challenges, and then when you complete all the challenges in area, you can actually play nine holes of golf on that place's course. That's like the adventuring arc. In the very first place you go, there are three punks sitting around a boombox <laughs> off in the corner threatening people who walk by because all they're into is freaking frisbee golf. No, don't call it a frisbee. Which you're not they're allowed. Very particular about that. You're not allowed to call it frisbee golf. And I so I've only run into two situations where I've had to do it because there's there's the one the offshoot course near where the birds are mm-hmm. in the mountain the mountain course, and then the very first one. I haven't run into them a third time yet. Uh. Do, do they come back a third time? Oh, I don't know. That's the only times I've run into Yeah, those are the only times. Bullshit. Here's why. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So, it, you're throwing frisbees instead of hitting golf balls. And what you do when you first meet that... So, a guy comes to you and he will not let you back into the clubhouse until you get these frisbee guys to leave. And you cannot progress in the game until you go back in the in the clubhouse and talk to your coach. So, you have to deal with them both times. So the first time, it's it's not too bad. It's really just the basics of here's how you throw a frisbee, and it's 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 over pretty quickly. Fine, but the second time you have to deal with them, you have to complete three separate challenges and ones, and you're you're sending this frisbee through gates and hitting targets, and and the physics of these things are such complete horseshit. <laughs> unintelligible garbage and you will have and you you have to pass you have there's no option to ignore these you have to do it to progress with the game because there are side quests in the game that if it's giving you too much trouble you you can choose to not do it or come back to it later or whatever you have to do these and it is fun and it sucks <laughs> and i hated it i'm so sorry because I, I tried it a few times and was just like, okay, I get it now, and just did it. I, <laughs> like, Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just... Yeah, I'm trying I was, not to say anything. I was like, oh, this was fun, I enjoyed this. I, like, I just... <laughs> like, I, like, it's like, it's a weird physical curve to the thing, but once I got what I wanted to do, I just... I was like, okay, cool, cool side quest, y'all. I'll see you later. Well, the, the one <laughs> thing I will say is I didn't realize immediately when you see them at the uh the third course oh yeah that you can practice because you can't practice when you first encounter them no you just have to do the you You just just have have to to do do the quest yeah when you see them the second time and this may help anybody who's having trouble if you just walk off to the side you can practice throwing the frisbee and seeing how it curves and what you have to do yeah like you go to them see what they want you to do in the challenges and then you can walk to the exact spot on the course where they want you to do whatever it is they want you to do and practice. I will and also that say helps a lot. Yeah, there's there's the other you know part of obviously playing golf is part of this game. You're actually like on a course where you're at a hole and you need to you know do all the things that you do with golf, which is consider placement and power and environmental conditions, and all of that usually requires like a sense of delicacy. But the disc stuff, you really need to use, like, full power when you're throwing these. It doesn't want you to be subtle. It wants you to, like, jack it up as high as you can go without losing control entirely. And that'll give you the most opportunity to, like, course correct if you're a little off target the first time. 
And the game doesn't really tell you any of that. I will say that that is something... I personally liked this about Golf Story, but I can see it turning off many people, is it does not tell you how to do a goddamn thing in this game. Well, it does. But they're very... In the side quests. Yeah, in the, but even then, it can, be, it can be very misleading. I ran into a bunch of people on Twitter who had the same problem I did with one of the side quests you run into in the Tar Pit course, wherein a caveman tells you to feed fish... By knocking these specific plants into the yep, water. Yep, yep, And that's all he says. He just says there are plants by the water and you can knock them in. Now at any time in the game, you can press Y on the controller and drop a golf ball on the ground and just tee up anywhere. Yeah, but that's and a there ball. Are... That's not a plant. Uh, okay, uh, right. But there are... So here was my confusion. There are... Uh, dotting around the ponds are like leafy green plants... That if you drop a ball on them and swing, the plant disappears. Oh. So I spent like an hour and a half going to each plant, teeing up on the plant, and then knocking it into the water because it tells you where the fish are in the water, and it wasn't counting them. And nothing in the game explicitly said that there were other little tiny like four pixel. That's not true. Oh, what? If you, if you go up to them and inspect them. Right, but you have to... They're not big. Well, I, okay. Uh, it, it says... <laughs> this is Susan's this is, good moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's this the same, like, but... Yeah. It, it, it says, oh, this plant looks like a golf ball. And so, right. I mean, for I did not have that problem. Like, for me, it was very obvious. But where I did yeah. have a problem... So, same same spot. Uh, the, the, the caveman course has turtles... And there are baby oh, turtles right. who've gone missing. Now you are, and it's okay. So you're, you're. They're like, oh, hey, the turtles ran away. If you find the turtles, can you return them to yeah. the spot? And there's five circles on the ground. <laughs> and if if you go up to the circle and you search, all these question marks pop up pop over your head. I'm like, okay, hmm. are they are they hiding in the circles? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. And then part of that same course is you digging up treasure. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, do I do I dig up the little turtles? I don't understand." It, so it took me a while to piece together. No, you just go two screens over, pick them up, and carry them. <laughs> so this is, I feel like, the same thing as the disc golf. Like, both of us ran into situations where the game just do- it doesn't make explicitly clear what you need to do. And, like, some things are very clearly identified in the environment itself, and other things are not. And it's just, it's occasionally tricky in in Golf Story to know what the hell you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, sometimes it's very clear. Uh, the golf itself, like, when you actually play through the courses, is also, like, really good. That part is never that confusing uh, until you're on the green. And this is probably the only major complaint I have about the game as a whole, and this becomes really relevant once you get into the last quarter of it, is there are... It's not that dissimilar to Hot Shots Golf in terms of the feel of golfing. You know, you you press your swing once, you set the power as a little thing goes up a meter, and then you wait for the little indicator to go back down into a strike zone and you want to get it in this one perfect spot to get the perfect strike on your ball 
This is sort of the three-strike method of golf video games that's been used since the NES. Like, this is, this is old style of design. But in things like Hot Shots Golf, when you get on the green, there's usually something on the ground itself to visually indicate how strong a slope there is yeah, on the green yeah. or or how wet the grass is usually there's something graphical happens on the green to let you know and in golf story all there is is one arrow in the upper right corner that's just like a uh, slight slight left how strong oh, their their slight is their slight an, is that's bullshit that's slight yeah <laughs> yeah and there is no indication whatsoever what kind of conditions there are in the green and there's no consistency like sometimes it'll say medium and you could just power up you know put your little marker over the over the hole knock it in and you're good and then other times it'll be like medium and then you knock it and the ball just like rolls back to the beginning of the course in the other direction entirely it's it's totally unclear and nine times out of ten it's easier to chip in that's like, true. Which is, yeah, when you yeah. when you are on the side with a sand wedge or a pitching wedge. My problem so that is, is problem. With, the, with the short game, uh, and, and indeed the game in general, there's no good camera. Like, you can't... Oh, God, yeah. You can't get a view down the course. You can't, like, and half the time when you're putting, like, if it's a really close putt, your character's body is blocking the ball. <laughs> yeah. So you can't see how close you are. And mm-hmm. the, the camera is a problem because these courses are, are wacky. You know, they'll curve really much to the side or, or you know, there'll be huge gaps, you know, huge water gaps or, or whatever. And it would be really, really helpful to be able to see, and you just can't. Yeah, it's so confusing because you can adjust the camera a little with the right analog yeah, stick. Yeah, just a little though. But, like, it's just like, oh, did you, are you, are you playing mini golf on a regular golf course? Did you only need to see five feet in front of you? Oh, you need to see 300 yards away from you. Too bad. Don't worry about that. Yeah, no, that's not You can not see five feet in front of you. That's that's the only option right now. Uh, everything, but like, these these are, these nitpicks don't really take away from, like, they are nitpicks. Like, I, I would not leverage anything of, of, of these. I Play this game. Like, if the, if the what we've described sounds pleasurable to you at all, I freaking love this game. Also, and it's, it's fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's so 15 good. Bucks. Fifteen bucks, and it's way more clever than not. Yeah, I find. Yeah, and it's it never. I, at the end of the day, you're still doing all your sort of basic early '90s era JRPG stuff. It you know nine times out of ten, it's just battling and fetch quests, and you know in this case, battling is golfing. Battling is. One guy telling you to, you know, chip in from the sand or hit these four skeletons that goth kids have summoned up or, (laughs) you know, learn how to do five bank shots and heavy wind off of a turtle's back, which is a thing you could do. And it's great. Uh, But, you know, all of the way that these repetitious, you know, patterns of golf, 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 fetch these items, fetch these items... It, they're always presented in just really charming new scenarios. It always feels like you're doing something different, even though you're not doing something that's that fundamentally different from the last challenge. And that's great. I it's and gen, like 
it's never going to make you laugh really, really hard. No. But it's always going to make you do, like, a low-level chuckle. Like, yeah, it's always yeah. just the right kind of silly. And pretty. It's a pretty game. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just charming. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It, and it's also a very good golf game. Yeah. Just a good golf game. It's so yeah. much better than everybody's golf. It's 15 bucks. It's 15 bucks. You know, everybody's golf, which is... I don't know why they stopped calling it Hot Shots Golf, but the first one for... Oh, P- the Japanese name is Everybody's Golf, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that is yeah. The, the original Japanese name. And in Japan, this one's called New Everybody's Golf. They're doing the new Super Mario oh, Brothers no. thing. Yeah, that's right. Mm, uh, no. But it is it is mm. so bad. It's so bad. And I, like this is the thing that Golf Story does so well that even the beloved, and all three of us really like, the Camelot... Nintendo sports yes. RPGs, uh, yes. Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, but something I, I I loathed about those games at the time is they're they're really steep time investments. You know, you'll end up spending uh, upwards of an hour in one tennis match in Mario Tennis or one nine-hole golf course in Mario Golf, and then at the end, if you mess up once, that's it. You're not progressing. Like you're you're not even getting that much experience to level up your character. You get a little bump. And then that's it. And this, Golf Story, never wastes your time. It's always just like, boom, boom, boom. If you need to replay something, like, I think it takes 15, 20 minutes total to do, yeah. if that, yeah. one of the nine-hole courses, you know, you just, you do it. And it always feels great when it, when you finally get to play the course of one of the regions you go to, when you figure out all the side quests and do what you do do what you do to that you came there for it feels awesome to just be like all right now i'm gonna play the golf game yeah 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 deeply pleasurable susan tell me is star trek discovery going to soothe the savage beast inside of me that is finally after a year plus of watching deep space nine for the first time and like staring down the reality that other Trek fans have been dealing with for like twenty years, but only now I'm getting to that point where there's no more good Trek. <laughs> like I've been putting it off. Like my rainy day finally came. Am I gonna be pissed or am I gonna be happy? Uh neither. Honestly, oh. um, you will feel nothing. You will, <laughs> you will feel- <laughs> because well, here's this. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so there are three episodes so far. And I, I have, I have no, no hard evidence for this, but I am one hundred percent convinced that the episode that just aired yesterday, episode three, is actually the the original first episode of the show. Oh, huh. I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. So here, and, and no, nothing I'm about to say are huge spoilers at all. So even if you haven't seen the show, uh, feel free to keep listening. So the main character, uh, Michael Burnham, uh. The the third episode starts with her on her uh, being transported to prison. She has committed mutiny and she has been sentenced to life in prison. She is the first Starfleet officer to be convicted of mutiny. Hmm. She instigated a non-sanctioned war against the Klingons. Th- Don't do that. Thousands <laughs> of people died. Wow. Okay. That's you, an interesting premise. You find... You find those facts out throughout the course of episode three. And that's basically it. She runs into people that she clearly knows. They don't really want to have anything to do with her. Uh, she's brought on board the Discovery. Like her 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 shuttle 
is shanghaied by the captain of the discovery he's like oh it was an accident yeah whatever no he he basically grabbed it so he could get her and he wants her to help him with something on his ship Hmm. now the first two episodes of the show you remember during the development of the show there was oh they're going back for reshoots yes 100 percent convinced they showed the real pilot the real first episode to an audience and they had one of two reactions. One was they were confused because they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Or two, they didn't understand why they were supposed to be rooting for someone who committed mutiny and is going and is facing life in prison. Like, what, we're clearly supposed to be on her side, but, but why? She's a criminal, <laughs> right? So the first two episodes are the prequel to that. It's her on the ship. You find out why she wanted to start a war with the Klingons. You you find out why she commuted mutiny. You find out what happened to her captain. It's It fills in all of the blanks that they clearly wanted to leave so that they could make her this somewhat more interesting, less typical Starfleet character. I think the first two episodes are garbage. Hmm. The writing <laughs> is terrible. It's so ham-fisted. It's so forced. They are trying to cram as much information into as small a place as they possibly can to make her a sympathetic character. Uh, and oh, oh, that's the other thing. She was, um, she's human, but she was raised on Vulcan. And, oh, by Spock's mother, by the way. Hey! Uh. And, and she went to the Vulcan Science Academy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not. This is not lighting me on fire. Mm-hmm. It's like the third episode, like the like a cold open like that, where she's just like on trial. <laughs> that sounds rad as right? hell. This is what I'm saying, and it's not. It's not even on trial. She's in prison fatigues. She's on her way, man. She is there with our with a friend of the show, Elias Tefexis. I might add. Oh, Alexis Tufexis? Alexis Tufexis <laughs> is, is uh, also on the transport as a criminal, and he tries to beat her up, and she kicks his ass, and it's awesome. Nice. That's yeah. great. It's it's pretty fly. Uh, Classic Tufexis. Yeah, like, it's 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 really intriguing. Like, that that is good storytelling. Like, that's, that's, like, that's mystery. That's, right. like, I want to find out, like... Like clearly she's good, but I like I want to find out like why does she do this? Like what is what is the backstory? Where's it gonna go now? But like to then go like, oh no, now we have to explain everything. Yep. Like that just sounds like like they, they don't trust the audience. Ex- well, I mean, I I feel like they went back and did that because they got a dumb audience. The, the audience mm. who rolled up was like, I'm not stand. <laughs> now I so I I strongly 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 recommend if you have yet to watch the show. Just start with the third episode. Okay. Start there. I'll do it. I'll do it. And and uh, let the show unfold the way it originally was supposed to. Susan, I like I know I know how much Star Trek means to you. Yes. So I'm very interested to hear what you say when I ask you this. Mm. What do you think Star Trek is supposed to be? Star Trek is supposed to be about the best in ourselves about what we can accomplish when we put aside the bullshit mm-hmm. and strive for something greater. That yeah. is what Star Trek is supposed to be. And all of the things that prevent that, whether yeah. that's 
you know, human human frailty, human uh, faults, whether that's a, a technical challenge, whether that's a different culture that isn't on board with what we want because who the hell are we? That's what Star Trek is. Yes. I, I, I completely 100% agree. And the only addendum that I would make to that, and th- this only really occurred to me you know, as an adult, like I grew up with Star Trek. I grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation. My father was, you know, a huge fan of the original series and like it was a thing that we shared. But it wasn't until, you know, I was in my 30s and I rewatched the original series for the first time, you know, like as an adult and you know, really watched those episodes, not just like a thing that was on in the background on Nick at Night, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in the past year watching Deep Space Nine, the that it's all of what you just said. It's it's literally about how, you know, civilized people, conscious beings, and their 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 effort to be better uh, to each other and mm-hmm. the universe that we exist in. The the thing that goes hand in hand with that is just really, really fun uh, science fiction premises. Yes, Just I agree. old school agree. 1920s yes. Isaac Asimov, like, what if, blah, blah, blah. Yes, And, yes. you know, I, one of the ones, uh, one of the Deep Space Nines that I watched in the past couple of months for the first time was, you know, the, the sort of crew, the core cast is out on a spaceship and, you know, it's, it's wartime. That's why they're on a spaceship, not on the space station. And one of them, who's his character, Dax, who is both a, you know, 30-year-old woman, but also a 350-year-old, you know, alien being inside of her that's lived in multiple bodies. That alone, there's your weird sci-fi premise. Somebody who's living one life, but also many lives. She notices that a nearby planet has life forms on it, and they've never documented this planet before. They're like, hey, it's on the way home. What do we do when we see this? We always check this shit out. Come on, let's go check this shit out. And so they go, their ship gets messed up when they go through the atmosphere, they land, and what they find is a town of 4,000 people that it turns out that when they get their ship fixed and take off, that ship is going to crash 200 years in the past, and everybody living there is descendants of everybody who's living on the ship. Oh, cool! Right. They get kicked back 200 years, and like, this is the town that results from them. And now that they know this, they know how to prevent their ship from crashing. But then the ethical dilemma of the show is, holy shit, if we leave, we're effectively killing 3,000 people who are our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I love it. I love it. Awesome. That is is classic. Awesome sci-fi premise. So cool. I love shit like that. And like every... Every Star Trek episode, no matter what, like, the overarching theme of that specific show is, sort of embraces that. You know, the original series is about, like, post-war utopian ideals and, like, the like, the atomic age of science. Those questions. And then Star Trek The Next Generation is just, like, what's post-Cold War vision of the future and really interesting exploration and, I, you know, like, ideas like the Borg and stuff like that. Great. And then Deep Space Nine is all of that in the, you know, context of post-war, you know, peace between two specific peoples and religion. Deep Space Nine is very much about religion. 
and that's awesome. And that, like, I, when I look at Discovery, I'm like, I, a, I don't know what the hell, like, like, what is the philosophy, you know? Like, and so, like, you know, you're you're telling me about like this is the first person who's ever been convicted of you know, what was it, treason? Is it mutiny? Is the, mutiny. First mutiny. person ever convicted of mutiny. That's an interesting premise for an episode. Yeah. But, like, that's, you know, that sort of grand serialization is not really what Star Trek is does. And it also, like, this is probably sounds so dumb uh, because I realize times change, audiences change, but I like that Star Trek, no matter the era, has the opportunity to be corny as hell. And that it's okay to be corny as hell. And that there is actually something of merit in not being, uh, I'm going to use my two most hated words in pop culture, grim and gritty. And Discovery looks like like somebody got hit with the Zack Snyder stick. And I, Okay, again, I urge you to skip those first two episodes. Okay. Um if you start with now i can't tell you what the philosophy is i can't tell you what the overall flavor is going to be i will say there is humor in episode three as well as i mean it is set during a war the 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 federation is at war with the klingons and so it's 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 couched in that but there is also uh hope which star trek star trek and hope are peanut butter and jelly man absolutely uh, there is that, there is humor, as well as practicality. Okay. So I, I like that. Um, there, there was, there's a little bit of space gibberish in there. I like a little space gibberish, there's I can deal. A little space gibberish. Yeah. But something, and, and this, something that's very, very meaningful to me. Huh. Women haven't been treated very well by Star Trek. No. <laughs> no. I... The original both on and off the show. Both on and off the show. It's true. Deep um, Space Nine is certainly the best about it, but even then, it's batting five hundred. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I grew up watching the original series again. I watched it with my dad. I can't watch it anymore. It's yeah. who I just can't <laughs> like. If you ever, if you want to cringe just for like a week straight, go watch the episode uh, Charlie. About, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, Which was that one? It's bad. Uh, it's wait. Is Charlie the one that I'm thinking of, where they're on the planet and it's it, they're the flowers that makes everybody no, brainwash? That's Charlie. No, Charlie is the one with the with the teenage boy who's socially awkward. He meets girls for he's been alone his entire life. He meets girls yeah. for the first time. He hits on uh, Yeoman Rand. She yeah. rejects him. He doesn't understand why people don't like him, so he starts attacking women. Yeah. Is sounding at all normal. familiar? That's a, that's a normal. That's normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. there's, yeah, there's plenty of that. It's Like, he takes one one woman, says she laughs at him, so he takes her mouth away. He has special powers, by the no. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah! yeah. awesome. But, but, so Discovery makes a concerted effort to not just have women in positions of authority and intelligence and power, have women of color in positions of importance and power and authority. Cool. And I like that. Nobody's wearing super skippy outfits. and never, They're all equals. 
Like everybody on the ship is there because they are good at what they do. And they could not possibly care less if you're a robot or an alien or a woman or a dude. And that, that is what Star Trek is. Yeah, that's super badass. Right? Like that, that purity of we don't give a shit what, what shell you're wrapped in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who are you at your core? That's what matters. And that is super meaningful to me. So, Susan, I'm going to throw it out there. The third episode of the Orville, I think Stop you would really it. like no. it. No, I'm, I'm just no, no, <laughs> no. I'm just saying that no. I think you should give it a shot. No. Okay. <laughs> just okay. Okay. Yes or no question? Is there a joke in the pilot about premature ejaculation? Yeah, there is. There okay. Is. Thank you. I'm done. But I'm just saying. Nope. Give get nope. just give the okay. Nope. Look, I'm. I, do this for me, as a favor to me, as your friend. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch the third episode, and I <laughs> and, catch this in later. and I delivered. I delivered. I played what remains of Edith Finch. That's I did true. it. I start to finish. I did it. Okay, that's way different. It's way different. No, that's not. But here's here's what I'm saying. I want I want to do a friend exchange. I will watch Star Trek Discovery episode three before watching any of the other episodes. Okay, and. I will download and play the iOS game of your choice. Any oh. recommendation. Oh. Any recommendation. You but it, in exchange, uh-huh. I need you to watch episode three of the Orville and and go into it with the expectation that it is a flawed but very earnest and respectable attempt to do the science fiction that you and I were just describing, wherein it's about people who are trying to be better engaged in a really, really interesting old school science fiction premise. Okay, but to be clear, this is not a comedy, right? No, not okay. at all. Okay, see, that's no, how it was marketed and yeah, no, it's, I think it that is, caused a lot of problems. Uh, yeah, and uh, like anybody who goes into it thinking that it's going to be a comedy is, uh, like, it is... It, it, uh, I'm trying to think of like a really good example. Like, uh, you know how um, the the guy the guys that made like Planescape Torment back in the day just made a game called Torment, and they're like, it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing though. Yeah, this this is two things, and this this is why the Orville has impressed me so much. Is one, it was somebody in a position to just get something made with no questions asked being mm-hmm. like what star trek the next generation and deep space nine did is a gap that has not been filled in a very long time and that's wrong and i am going to just do that like same thing <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna pick it up season eight and that's basically what i'm gonna do and the other part of this is it's the only time i have seen seth MacFarlane make anything wherein the character is constantly humbled Hmm. and i i Hmm. I am like the fact that he's not supposed to be congratulated for being a smarmy prick okay all right okay okay Okay. so uh, yeah and like you know i god this deep space nine journey has been so awesome dave there are two characters one is a, a former terrorist and freedom fighter from an occupied planet, and the other one 
is a shape-shifting person who's never known his own per- people and finds out later in life he's like a demigod who's enslaved half the galaxy. And these two characters, very serious people. And after seven years of this show, the way these two finally go to the bone zone is because a sentient hologram knockoff version of Frank Sinatra <laughs> tra- parent traps them into going on a date together in the 1950s. Corny. <laughs> Super Dopey. corny. Dopey as hell. Dopey. But awesome. Yeah. And, and that's... that. The Orville is leaning into that vision of Star Trek. All What's right. the game? All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I will watch episode three Dope. of the Orville, and we will reconvene. I love it. I just... I can't sanction Seth MacFarlane's buffoonery. Oh, thank uh, I, I, I would no. always, I, I would, I would agree completely until last it. week. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm as surprised as you are. Uh, everybody, I think that brings us to the the end of this episode, uh, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening, Dave. Do you want to thank some folks? Yeah, I'll do some thanks. Uh, yeah, this is uh, thank you for supporting us monetarily with your human dollars. Uh, human we have a Patreon. Dollars. Go to what? <laughs> yeah, human dollars. Uh, go to patreon.com slash continue podcast. And um, if you are a patron of the show, uh, $5 or more gets you exclusive content. It's great. Uh, $10 or more, you get a, a shout out on the show. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm getting most people's names down by now because i'm yeah. at talking but we'll see okay so shout outs to Mirko Arico terreno john ryan brady peter daniel squire tom shane nilson axel olsen mankholt yaddle tim chesson jose cordova christopher martinkovich skip dippity that's a that's a name <laughs> Uh, Tyler Nilsson, uh, Kaylin Houston, uh, Fossi Sayan, Chris Punk, Francisco Arias Guimaraes, uh, Nick Grugan, Gluttony One of Seven, Derek Sanskrit KC, and Jacob Christos. Thank you all so much for just yeah. Thank you, thank you for 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 helping make this a reality. Um, I we are our Patreon is at about five hundred dollars right now, and I would like to. If we can get it up to seven fifty, we want to make this show uh, a weekly show. I've been doing it by week. Really want to do this weekly, um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it'll allow us to keep you know pace with the games. Like I, I play a lot of games, and like I don't get to talk about all the games that I play because like you know we only do an hour and a, like hour hour and a half show every uh, every two weeks. So uh, I'd like to talk about that stuff more. So if if you are not a patron, uh, please consider. Uh, you know, every dollar, even a dollar, every dollar helps. Um, please and, patronize uh, us. Yes, please, please <laughs> patronize us with your human money. Patronize your us. human dollars. <laughs> can I? Can I but, tell you a story uh, yeah. about one of our uh, one of our patrons? Oh, please, absolutely. Okay, so uh, my husband falls asleep on the couch the other night, and I'm like, okay, I'm bored, so I'm like, I'll go noodle around in Destiny for a little bit. So in Destiny, every week, Cade sells maps to treasure chests and they're called Cade's stash because of course they are and uh and they're on a different planet and there's cool stuff in them 
So I'm going around. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll track down this, this treasure chest. So I'm running around. Do, 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 do. And I'm looking, and they're they're all they're hidden in these little nooks and crannies and, and stuff. So you really got to go searching for them. So I'm looking for one, and uh, Punk Rock Bob, friend of the show, Punk Rock Bob, suddenly appears. Oh, yeah! And he's helping, and he's like a much higher level than I am. So he's like taking out enemies, and he's and he's following me, and I don't even know how he did it. He figured out what I was trying to do. So he goes. Like I'm, I I think I'm headed to the right place, and I'm in this cave, and I'm like, uh, uh, and he's and we're not we're not on uh, mics with each other, so he just starts shooting up in the air, and I look where he's shooting, and there's the damn treasure chest. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, shit, how do I get up there? And I'm just standing there, and he he goes, and he goes bang bang, so I follow him, and he leads me through this this path, and and jumps and jumps, and basically guides me right. To the treasure chest, and it was that's that really is cool. so cool. That is exactly what that game should be. It, that is like the destinyest story I've ever heard. Yeah, and it was just, it was just so goddamn delightful. You know, it was just this, this pure like, hey friend, let me help you out. Oh, that's great. Rad. That's so good, man. I yeah, I, I know we've already thanked everybody, but thank you uh, for yes, making this show you. happen. Because honestly, I, like just hearing that story right now made today something that can be endured. Uh, yeah, everybody follow us as well. You can catch us uh, <clears throat> on the internet at twitter.com slash continue pod, facebook.com slash continue pod. Uh, I swear to God, we're going to stream again someday very, very soon. Uh, conti- uh, Twitch.tv slash continue podcast. And as always... Uh, patreon.com slash continue pod uh yeah everybody you can also catch uh you can catch all of us on the internet as well susan where can they find you uh you can find me at genieonline.com g-e-n-i-i online.com or on twitter at susan Arndt. dave uh you can catch me on twitter as well uh at david robots uh my halloween name is grave roberts nice i think wait why is <laughs> that grave robbers because, like, I was deciding to go with Robbers, but, like, Roberts is my name, and, like, it kind of... I don't know. I didn't think about it too much. I just... I put it up, put coffins in there, made my avatar the pumpkin guy. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the best video on YouTube, the dancing pumpkin guy. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, you can also find my work on Genie Online as well. Because, uh, yeah, we'll do, uh, stay, stay tuned. You'll be seeing some stuff out of the convention, uh, so... It's gonna be. It's gonna be time. I just. I just really like. I was sitting here trying to think of some way to Halloween up Staff Roberts, and in my like my brain is like, "Come on, do it!" And my brain's just like, "Fall Staff Roberts." It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, brain, you suck. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at a John Agnello. Uh, you can catch my writing sporadically at the AV Club and VentureBeat.com and if you enjoy video game music, you can catch me on another podcast called Video Game Grooves we just did a really fun one with uh, this band called Martial Art uh, two words and they just put out this killer EP of covers of songs from Undertale and Earthbound and Chrono Trigger they they were a blast yeah, it was a lot of fun 
Um, yeah, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.